Hey everyone, this is Adam Ellenboss from Nightlight Astrology, and today we're going to take a look at Mercury's upcoming conjunction with Saturn in the very last degree of Aquarius. So we started this week by looking at Venus's conjunction with Jupiter in the sign of Aries. That conjunction is happening at the same time that Mercury is pulling into this conjunction with Saturn. So they're both um, worth spending some time with, so that's how we're opening our week. Uh, we're going to look at 10 different manifestations, uh, very common manifestations of the Mercury-Saturn combination. and um, Hopefully this will prepare you for that transit as well. And taking yesterday's video with today's, you'll kind of have a, a full, um, more of a, a well-rounded picture of what the major astrology of this week looks like. So, um, and then we are, by the way, tomorrow we'll be getting into the astrology of the month ahead. I have a special guest who will be joining me um, to talk with me about the astrology of March. So that should be really interesting. And um yeah, but well, before we get into it today, don't forget to like and subscribe, share your comments in the comment section really helps the channel to grow. You can find transcripts of any of my daily talks as always on the website nightlightastrology.com. If you have a story to share this week about either Venus, Jupiter, or Mercury, Saturn, some of the big transits of the week, use the hashtag grabbed or email us your story grabbed at nightlightastrology.com. I'm making another storytelling episode at some point here coming up. And uh, it's always valuable to hear what kinds of experiences you guys are having as the transits come through. Really appreciate when you guys share those stories. So thank you for in advance for that. All right, let's take a look at the real-time clock and let's get a feel for um, what's going on here. All right, so we can see yesterday we looked at the Venus-Jupiter conjunction in Aries. That is coming through um, on Wednesday, March 1st. And if we just take this forward a little bit, now that's happening uh, late central time anyway. That's happening late Wednesday evening. But if we move this forward some hours, we're going to find that Mercury uh, conjoins Saturn uh, right around nine in the morning on Thursday, uh, March 2nd. So it's they follow so closely together. You'll see by that time, Venus is still conjoined Jupiter, but just separating at the time that Mercury is just getting together with Saturn by Thursday morning. So they're just boom, boom, right in a row. Um, but technically, you could say you'll be feeling both the Venus-Jupiter transit and the Mercury-Saturn transit all week. Um, these transits, if I push this forward just a little bit more into Friday, uh, Mercury is still just a you know two degrees off from Saturn as it switches into Pisces. And then uh, Venus is still just one degree off from Jupiter by Friday. So you could, I would say safely, you could probably feel these archetypal combinations all the way until Saturday, but Friday is probably a little bit safer since Mercury is changing signs. Anyway, uh, so that's what we're looking at today. We're going to give you uh, 10 things to watch for. Now, what I want to say is also that it is really important that this is happening at an anoretic degree. Anoretic degrees are the very last and final degrees of any sign. And those degrees tend to be ruled uh, by the malefics from the standpoint of the uh, bounds. The, every sign is broken into five unequal sections with a planet ruling the section of subsection of degrees within each sign. And the very final degrees of every sign are typically ruled by the malefics. Uh, so <clears throat> when you get into, let's see, final degree of Aquarius, let me pull up my bound rulership sheet here. I don't have them memorized. And if you do, wow, that's impressive. Uh, yeah. So last, last degree of Aquarius is the bound of Saturn. So we have the, uh, a lot of power for Saturn here in this dynamic as Saturn is preparing to leave its own sign and its own bound and enter Pisces, which we'll be talking about in the astrology of March video. 
But this also happens as Mercury is passing through a conjunction with Saturn in the bound and rulership of Saturn and then immediately entering its fall in the, um, in the sign of Pisces. So today, what I'm going to say will be archetypally relevant for any Mercury-Saturn combination. So this would be evergreen content. You could always look at this in a sense to get some idea of what Mercury-Saturn combinations are like, whether you're talking about a square, an opposition, a conjunction, a sextile, or a trine. However, um, I am going to be adding a little flavor to this as we go along that acknowledges the anoretic degree that's present, the Saturn-heavy um, rulership of Aquarius and the bound of Saturn at this last degree, and then the fact that Mercury is also about to enter its fall. So I'll try to spice it up a little bit with those details. But anyway, let's get into it. Number one would be intellectual rigor. So a super common uh, Mercury-Saturn theme is people who like to learn and study a lot, people who like to think, and people who like to um, exercise the mind, like people who like to go to the, to the gym and exercise their bodies. Um, anyone that has uh, um, the desire to be sort of hardcore when it comes to learning, study, reading, writing, um, uh, and, and has a mind that just is, um, geared toward the, the life of scholarship or study that tends to be a Mercury Saturn combination. Now, one of the, um, potential downsides of this would be, um, there's a way in which when Mercury conjoins with Saturn in the bound of Saturn, you know, the sign of Saturn about to enter its fall, that there could be some way in which a subject that you like is, is failing you or you're feeling bored or frustrated by it. And you could see yourself somehow losing interest or changing interests because of the combination of the anoretic degree and then the big shift for Mercury that happens as it enters its fall afterward. So the, I'm going to try to add little spices like that as we go to every one. But those are just, that's just an idea. Uh, number two would be careful planning. Any Mercury-Saturn combination tends to um, have us planning things out very carefully. Uh, whether that's sort of like a strategic way of ordering the things that we do or, you know, priority of time, energy, money, or resources. There's just an element of very careful planning. Now, add in the anoretic degree and the shift of Mercury, the Saturn emphasis, and you get almost something like um, don't over plan from the standpoint of worry and fear and anxiety and sort of spin yourself out and end up losing control because you try to you're white knuckling things too much. Uh, that would be one potential downside given the big shift Mercury's about to go through. Um, number three would be wordsmithing. It's funny how many people who like, you know, I was looking back at, um, at one point I was Facebook stalking people who are in my creative writing programs in, in graduate school. <laughs> And one of the, but one of the things I noticed was I could just look at their birthday, right? I don't have their time, but I could see their birthday on their Facebook. So I was looking just to see what, where the planets were on the date of birth of people in my class. Not because I wanted to ascertain anything other than why did they like writing? This is just something that I got interested in at one point. And one of the things that I saw over and over again in most of the charts of my classmates were uh, Mercury-Saturn contacts. It's a sort of a wordsmith um, signature. People who like to, you know, um, find the right combinations of words that are good editors or that are um, take that careful planning and put it into the idea of shaping the ideal sentence or paragraph. Um, most of the people who had Mercury Saturn in my programs um, were teaching 
uh, fellows who were also teaching composition to like, um, you know, undergrads. So um, wordsmithing is definitely a thing. However, um, if you are trying to be uh, overly controlling about the way that you use words or speech, you could find that things will easily tilt in the opposite direction and get completely away from you if you um, try to, again, white knuckle it too much because the the kind of shift that Mercury's about to go through going from this sort of really intense sort of final Saturnian degree in an air sign into, you know, the sign of its fall and detriment in water, you know, it's like, don't, you know, don't be surprised if you can kind of, if you go in a dramatically different direction, like very shortly after trying to be overly controlling with like words or ideas. Number four would be a preference for structured presentations. Mercury, Saturn, whether it's presentation of information or um, words or thoughts, uh, there's just a preference for structure and um, the tendency to speak, think, and relate better in and through like very well-organized structured things. So um, now, again, the downside of this would be that um, the potential for a pretty drastic swing into something more fluid, intuitive, emotional, vulnerable, boundaryless um, is possible very quickly after this moment that looks like it could be um, much more rigid. So uh, you have to kind of keep that in mind that there's a pretty dramatic swing from the sort of rigid Saturnian objective logical space into like a very emotional fluid boundaryless space. Uh, number five, and that's happening, by the way, this week, um, just so that you're aware, the entrance of Mercury into Pisces uh, happens, here it is, uh, it happens right about five o'clock March 2nd, that's Thursday, and the morning the morning of March 3rd is when we have the conjunction. So it's very shortly after it's like a wild day. And from the stamp from, you know, from standpoint of Mercury, it's a pretty wild day. Anyway, rigid thinking is definitely a Mercury Saturn kind of thing. You have to be careful of getting stuck in patterns of thought or behavior, which could include getting stuck in depressive or anxious thoughts. Um, sometimes the, there's a kind of melancholic vibe with Mercury Saturn. Um, a little too austere or rigid in the way one thinks or perceives, but this could be followed by an opening or a healing of an overly rigid perception with Mercury moving into a water sign right away. Uh, number six would be practical, but unimaginative. And maybe the, the transition into Pisces helps to open up a more sensual, romantic, imaginative and intuitive space. Um, but you may see that you almost like you you you're hitting your head against a kind of practical, overly concrete um, set of thoughts or ideas or an approach to something, and it, like it doesn't work. And you have to be kind of you know it, you could see the person who's like overly logical being their their approach being broken down until they're like crying, you know. <laughs> and then who knows what could open up because of a few tears coming down, you know. Uh, but the idea here would be sometimes Mercury and Saturn are practical, philosophical, reasonable, articulate, um, and um, mentally focused, but uh, sometimes unimaginative, uninspiring, unemotional. Uh, so watch for those things and watch for the juxtaposition between those things to be really intense on Thursday of this week. Number seven would be impersonal approaches to knowledge or wisdom. So, for example, any kind of spiritual path 
that says <clears throat> your individual sense of identity is an illusion and you should merge into the ground of being where there is no distinction between um, I and thou or self and other. There's just being. This dissolution of individual personality and individual differences and uh, diversity of forms and beings and relationships between diverse forms and beings tends to represent a kind of impersonal approach, which is not to say it's invalid, but, you know, for example, <clears throat> practices that tend toward detachment, um, objectivity, uh, a dissolution of self identity or ego into something like the undifferentiated oneness of all being that knows no distinction that has no, um, where there is no separate sense of unique identity or, or selfhood. Those tend to be impersonal, uh, which does not mean bad, but, um, any kind of impersonal approach to spirituality would be often indicated by something like Mercury-Saturn, a detached Stoic perspective, for example. Um, now, uh, there would also be um, uh, the same thing could be said for, um, you know, the equivalent in like universities might be like empiricism or, um, you know, interest in truth insofar as truth is sort of objectively uh, you know, demonstrated or, or proven um, through maybe a, a cause and effect. Um, what's interesting is that when Mercury enters Pisces, it goes into a space that is highly subjective and relational. It's the water sign of where Venus is exalted. So I could also see there being some almost like a, an over-reliance or dependence upon some rather impersonal approach to knowing that is being challenged in this during this week to become more subjective and interpersonal, to become more, um, you know, emotionally um, oriented rather than like objectively and rationally oriented. And it's not that one is right or wrong, but you could see the juxtaposition between the two being really strong this week. Anyway, number eight is skepticism, doubt, worry, or cynicism. Any of these can be, uh, maybe cynicism is not always a great thing. It's almost, it's almost like a habitual distrust. But um, the potential to be concerned or worried for the, you know, you're perceiving information and you're sort of rationally calculating things and going like, yeah, this doesn't look good. It's a good week to be like discerning and careful and, and skeptical and um, very thoughtful and, you know, uh, objective about what you're looking at and making decisions based on a kind of fair, um, broad, objective evaluation and some level of skepticism, doubt, concern, calling things into question uh, may be necessary. On the other hand, if there's not enough of it, you could see this this week being problematic because you may it, there may be a call to do so, but a failure to do so shown by the juxtaposition between the conjunction with Saturn and the immediate entrance into watery Pisces. On the other hand, you could see it going the opposite way. Uh, with the same archetypal combination, you could see someone who um, is trying to, you know, that they're letting their doubt, their worry, and their their need to like control everything mentally um, deal with some level of uncertainty. And then it turns out that you just, you can't. Life has to include some uncertainties and some pretty deep subjective spaces that you can only feel through based on your heart, your feelings, and vulnerable exchanges with other beings that, you know, that there's no calculus for. 
So anyway, uh, number nine would be wise judgment. It's again, going along with the last one, the idea that we could reach a wise judgment and the promise that that wise judgment maybe combines at best a sensual and rational uh, dimension, cooperating. Uh, but on the other hand, you could see, I need to make a wise judgment and emotions just can't have anything to do with this. But then uh, on the other hand, uh, not letting emotions in could end up, um, you know, if you're not able to um, reach into your heart to ask yourself what is what is true or what is real or what should I do based on what do I feel, um, then you're, you're lacking at least one dimension of what goes into making a, the best judgment. Um, so some juxtaposition around how we make judgments, how we think, how we, how we use our mind and, and how we strategize and how we involve, uh, more feminine dimensions alongside of more like rational masculine dimensions, which seems like it could be a part of this week. Um, number 10 would be detached big picture thinking. And I've already sort of mentioned this in, in a, in a few different ways, but the last one here, I'll just say that, um, if you need that 20,000 foot view, this is a great transit for that view. Just don't expect that, again, don't expect that the big objective picture will last. At best, it may help you through what will conti probably continue on to be a, 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 an experience that um, you struggle to define clear boundaries within or that you... Um, you struggle to make sense of there's there it's it, we're we are complex beings that often will have uh, what seem like contradictory thoughts and feelings about things um most of the time i think that you know rather than trying to figure out you know who wins here which is the right thought or evaluation or feeling about what's happening we sh we we ought to give ourselves more time to experience our our own multi-dimensional um uh, response to, to life. It's like, it's, you know, how often do we give ourselves uh, time to just sit down and feel all, and think all that we're feeling and thinking about something. If you do that long enough with a spaciousness in your heart and mind, it's amazing how we intuitively know how to respond and what to do and how to strategize. And we're able to see what's real and we're able to sort through um, doubts and we're able to answer good critical questions and we're able to include our feelings. Um, so I hope that um, this talk has opened this archetypal combination in a way that prepares you to see it at work uh, in your life this week. Um, remember, this is happening alongside of Venus and Jupiter. Uh, my advice would be not so much figuring out how to synthesize all of them as much as you should listen to that video too if you haven't already. And just by listening to these two, um, these two videos, you know, you'll be able to notice, and maybe one of them is one of the archetypal combinations, Venus-Jupiter, for example, might be more prominent for you this week than Venus-Saturn. It probably depends on your individual birth chart in some ways. But just creating space for both of these archetypes to be at work this week, um, it, it should help us to notice them and to notice the way that they're having a, an impact on our lives, our work, our relationships, and so forth. Okay, uh, we will be looking at the astrology of March tomorrow, and um, I'll have a special guest on the show. Uh, a friend of mine and local astrologer, Sean Nygaard, will be here to discuss um, 
his uh, new podcast and also give us some of his thoughts on Saturn's entrance into Pisces and Pluto's entrance into Aquarius, which form the major astrology of March. So that should be really fun. I look forward to seeing you all then and I uh, hope you guys are having a good start to your week. Take it easy, everyone. Bye.